The scripture reading for today comes from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. It's found on page 979 in your pew Bible. Uh, let's pray. Gracious God, as we turn to your word for us, may your spirit rest upon us. Help us to be steadfast in our hearing, in our speaking, in our believing, and in our living. Amen. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And as for shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Word of God for the people of God. I saw no looks of doubt on your son's faces when they heard about God sending fire from heaven. Some of you had a little bit of skepticism about wet fire catching on those. So, um, I have a story. That I saw this earlier this week. Naya Okami um, works on his online investigator, but spiritually identifies as a wolf. Uh, Watch the clip on a BBC morning show um, where. Uh, this transgender 27-year-old um, shared that while they acknowledge um, the body is human, um, spiritually identifies as a wolf. Um, I don't believe, I don't physically believe I'm a wolf, said the Seattle native. It's more a spiritual and psychological identification as a wolf, like I'm totally where I'm human, but by the same token, spiritually, I am a wolf. I found it an interesting story that the hosts weren't laughing hysterically. No one who knows um, Naya um, felt the need to call in psychological help. It is taken as a fact that the psychological identification is their truth. And it's more of an interesting topic of conversation than uh, a disturbing fact of this person's belief. Um, I also found it fascinating that the fact that this is a man who identifies as a woman is also just passed over because there's no discussion for that anymore. That's just accepted as if someone psychologically believes one thing, that is a truth that other people are expected to acknowledge uh, lest they be seen as hateful. Uh, we're, we're in an 
interesting time where we can talk about truths in the plural. We can talk about my truth as in my lived experience has been elevated to the place of truth that um, it can be possessed. And even if people don't remember something the same way or have facts that would go against my truth, my truth is to be valid and must be accepted. We, we've gotten to the point where we question, is there a truth? And we are rightfully skeptical of so much we hear because what we hear now is radically different than what we heard eight months ago, 16 months ago. Lies have been told. Things we told have been told um, is... Uh, about the spread of the coronavirus, that it would be a conspiracy theory to believe certain things is now being accepted as very possible. And wonder why people don't trust what we hear on the media when it's over and over again shown how the media, um, regardless of the outlet, fabricates things. Not just misreports, but absolutely fabricates things. It's a good question. Where is truth? Is there truth? Are there truths? I mean, we're in a world where someone's subjective psychological feelings is accepted as a valid a source of reality as DNA, as biology, as anything else we see so that we can have someone say, I identify as a wolf. That we need an understanding of truth. But as I, I thought about that, and I thanked God for bringing me a perfect sermon illustration in the nick of time this, this week, it also occurred to me that this person might be a little bit more um, deceived with reality. But in truth, how many people are living in as much of a fantasy world because they believe falsely about God? There's almost this assumption that if someone you know doesn't believe in a God, or if they believe in a different thing about God, that you know they're they're really um, you know can be as rational as anybody else, maybe even more so because you know isn't a scientific worldview uh, really arguing against a God? But if there is a God, which every fiber of being, and I would, I would say that everyone knows on an innate level the existence of this God, to deny this God or to recreate this God in our own image is to live in as much of a fantasy world as a person who thinks they're a wolf because we've distorted reality. We've reinterpreted reality to adjust to how we feel and to our subjective psychological feelings about something. I don't want to believe in a God, therefore there is no God, and I will live as though there is no God, is to live in a world of deception and lies. And there is a sense to which, to the extent that we do that, to the extent that we participate in 
recreating this God in our image or allowing the, the, the um, stories and understanding of our world that comes from a misunderstanding of God to enter into our uh, thoughts and our life, we're we also living in deceptions. We're working through the um, whole armor of God. And we are told, um, first off, to stand, having fastened on the belt of truth. Um, the, the older language picks up part of the nuance perhaps better. Um, gird yourself with truth. Gird yourself. And you immediately probably pick up the connection there of the word, we, we don't say this. It's, it's a good saying. I, I dare you to bring this up to a coworker. When, when, when you're saying, okay, we need to get ready for something, we need to go in, we need to do something, you tell them, gird your loins, right? I mean, it's, you, 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 you might never have read the King James Version, but if you hear gird your loins, you know you're ready to do something. Well, that's, that's what girding yourself is. It's not that there's this magical belt of truth. The idea here is that he's preparing himself for action. The first thing before you put on the armor is you have to, we'll say kilt, not skirt, but, you know, there are long garments like this, you know. If I was feeling silly, I would do a demonstration of how to gird your loins, but we'll we'll pass that, but Robin's going to be talking to me later. (laughs) You you can't really fight wearing long um, garments. garments. So the idea is that you would bring it up. And so part of what he's saying is you're preparing yourself for action. You're getting ready to do something by putting on truth. And we get ready, and it's central that surrounding all of this is that we're going to know truth. We want to be people of the truth. Going to look at two aspects of truth. The first is we have to know what the truth is. We have to hear truth. There is there's one thing of just a, a, a word that conforms to reality. It, it's a radical thing for us to say, but reality is not what you want to make it. God spoke and created. God created you. He created you in His image, and He created you with a purpose and intent. He created everything in this world for an intent. And and he made all things, and he made all things good, and he formed them with purpose and reason. And his word is, is this reason behind everything that's been formed and made visible and invisible. And there is a reality that is there. That's not the fabric, you know, fabrication of your feelings or what you hope the world could be, or what you would like for it to be like. There is a reality. And the truth is what tells us about this reality. Words of truth are things that really express what is actual and what is real. And so we, we must hear God's truth to us. We hear God's truth about uh, what is made. He made all things good, and he made us in his image to be in communion with him. We have to hear God's word of understanding of our purpose and our intent, and that is to glorify God, to know him, to live in communion with him and with one another, to to know that he gives us his law 
And those laws are as real as the law of gravity, so that to the extent that we live in a world where we can't trust anyone, all fellowship and all community and all trust breaks down. That is as real of a law as the law that if someone was to throw something off the balcony, it would fall. It obeys gravity. That we have to hear God's law, and his, his truth is shared with us, and we are to know it. And so um, we also need to know the truth of his love for us, for all that he's made, and that he has redeemed us and forgives us, that that, that is a reality. That is something that we are to know. Um, so uh, we, we hear this truth, and what we realize is we're in a world where we're told all sorts of other things. You came into being by mere chance and accident. It's a beautiful and amazing thing of how molecules randomly formed and created an inhabitable world and just over the course of time life came mysteriously and developed into rational beings that's what we're told and is it no mistake that people who believe there's nothing beyond what there is that there is no accounting there there's no purpose and meaning to life, would treat life cheaply and would act as though we can create and make our own meaning because if nothing made us, then we form whatever we want life to mean and we decide what it is. So rather than glorifying God and being in communion with Him, you know, let's pick your own adventure. What do you want life to be? I'm going to make life all about pleasure and joy. And just chasing after what feels good, whether it's experiences, whether it's um, material goods, whatever makes me feel good. That's what life is about. He who dies with the most toys wins. Or maybe we'll make life about expressing my individuality and following my heart and, and chasing after my passions. Whatever it is that doesn't include God is a lie. And so we need to know the truth. Two, two things with us. One is we need to be aware of the deceits around us. I, um, I think a lot of times we almost assume that, you know, just being in America where we have to recognize there's different beliefs and that's a good thing. There's no established church. That's a good thing. I'm in favor of that. But one of the things is we almost act like all beliefs are valid. We certainly want to be tolerant of anyone who disagrees with us. We want to love any neighbor who has different beliefs. But not all ideas are valid. Not all ideas are true. And, and so we, we act as though someone who believes there is not a God has as much valid reason to believe that as someone who believes vehemently there is a God or someone who believes that there's multiple gods. But that's not the truth. And someone who doesn't believe and a God who formed us and who gives us a law and expresses the, his will and who he is through his word is living a deception. They might be wonderfully nice people. They might do really good things, but they, they're, they're living a deception. And, and we kind of act as though people who you know, aren't advocating a specific religion are somehow neutral. 
maybe you've heard this idea, people with religious views shouldn't be uh, involved in politics, shouldn't be discussing things because they have, they have a perspective they're trying to push. They have an agenda, right? So we're, we have our agenda. And somehow those who don't believe and don't um, hold to a religious faith um, don't have an agenda. And I think we've, to an extent, bought into that. But everybody has a worldview. Everybody has an understanding of who we are and how we got here and what that means. And, and so the, the point I'm getting at is the stories we are surrounded with are not neutral. Every article you read, every TV show you watch, every song lyric that gets drilled into your head, Every speech you hear, every movie you watch comes from a perspective. And if the perspective is not that we are created in God's image and He loves us and we are redeemed by grace, it's a lie. To some extent, it is deceptive because it's going to be telling you the real meaning of life is something other than glorifying God. It's going to be telling you that what we're about is our own pleasure and, and building ourselves up and or something other than loving God. I mean, there, there's a sense in which, you know, it's, it's not as though if you leave God out of a history book, it's a neutral history book. If there is a God and you're doing anything without studying in light of God, it's not neutral. It's deceptive. And so whatever you're listening to, you're getting a message from somebody with a perspective. And very likely, somebody with a perspective that not formed by God's truth. You're getting lies. So here's the thing. To what extent do you let your family be exposed to the lies? To what extent do you surround yourself with deceit? I'm not saying, you know, we don't watch any movies. We, we don't read any books unless they're Christian. Not at all. But we need to be aware, and we need to be critical of things. We need to point out to our children, um, you know, I'm watching this show, and, and you know, they've just met, and they're in bed. That's not what God wants. We need to point out to our, our kids that, you see, this, this kid is following their heart. They're doing away. They're disobeying um, their parents, and they're just doing what they want. That usually doesn't work out as good as it looks in TV. You see, we've, we've kind of gotten so accustomed to these stories that we accept things because we watched a show that made us very sympathetic to a character who sinned horribly. And because of the music and the lighting and a storyline that was made up by people who believe lies, we bought into it. Rather than looking at the truth of what happens when people live sinful rebellion against God. To what extent are we going to hear lies without pointing it out to ourselves? I have to point out to myself constantly, that isn't where true joy is found. That's not tr where true glory is, is to be found. And to what extent do we surround ourselves with the truth? That's one of the reasons we drill in. We want to hear the story. We want to tell the story. We want to think on things that are good and true, that we want to constantly bombard ourselves with Scripture because how in the world are we going to stand up to lies if we think of how much media we consume if we just read a verse a day? If part of it is not just getting knowledge. It's reminding ourselves of the truth. It's forming ourselves in truth. We need God's truth. We need to be with brothers and sisters who are living the real life so that we see what reality is like instead of watching 
shows that are fabricated by people who have an agenda other than glorifying God. Knowing the truth is not enough, and also that we live the truth. So part of this is not only knowledge, but it's that we are conformed to it. We, we have integrity. We're not hypocrites. To gird ourselves with truth means not only that we know the truth, but we live in the truth. So one thing that means is we speak the truth, we tell the truth, we share with others the truth. Um, and one, we, we don't tell lies. If we know something is not true, we, we don't need to pass it on, we don't need to share it. Unless we're pretty sure it's true, we don't need to pass it on, we don't need to share it. And we also don't need to, you know, tell things in a way that, that bend the truth. Uh, we want to be honest. We want to share what truth is be true with ourselves and be true with others, and also all of our actions conforming to the truth. If we believe there is a God and he created us, truth is we worship him. If there is a God who has given us all things, we are generous. If there is a God who shows compassion on the poor and the needy and has called us to do the same, we actually do that. If there's a God who's given us a good news and said, you have given you this testimony of the gospel to share with others, we do that. So we don't just say, I know the truth and think it ends there. It has to work out in our lives as we conform ourselves and being very honest with ourselves. Let me just one really helpful way to do this. Our hearts are deceitful. I can tell myself wonderful lies. Oh, my, my memory of events, I can replay them until they, they kind of get turned into a really good thing where I'm always the star. I'm always the hero. It's really helpful to have someone else who has an outside view of things to tell you the truth. Um, we talk a lot about accountability. We talk a lot about how brothers and sisters in fellowship. Do you have somebody you can say, you know, am I deceiving myself here? Here's the situation I'm in. Give me your perspective on it. So you have somebody who's seeing something who loves you and loves God and is, can be honest with you and say, you know, I think, I think you're, you know, blowing this out of proportion. I think you might be reading that the wrong way. Maybe you need to consider this other view. Do you have somebody in your life who can kind of give you truth and help you see truth and help you conform to that truth? Well, if you please stand and let us state what we believe through the words of the Apostles' Creed.